This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. We shouldn't have a, uh, you know, sometimes people who are turned on the faith message have an attitude. They don't want to listen to somebody else who says some other things, who is of some other persuasion. No, we must never get to that place. We must never get to that place. Amen. Yes, we are strong on God's word. Amen. But not, we, we shouldn't get to a place where we are the ones who know. We are the word guys. We are, no, it's a bad attitude. Amen. Faith works by love. And that's obviously not a love attitude. Now, one thing also, you know, when you talk about faith, most people, the next thing that comes to their minds is you use faith for material things. Fine. You use faith for physical health. Fine. That's true. But do you know also you use faith for a spiritual life? You use faith for a spiritual life. Praise God. So it works in all areas, the spiritual realm, physical realm, material resources. Amen. And like I said, it's not just about me. It's not even about me. It's about God. It's about his will. And it's about being a blessing to people. Praise God. That's why God gave us faith, not to line our pockets. It's not a God bless me club. It's not a spare tire. It's not a get rich quick scheme. It's not a panic button. It's not a magic wand. It's not a formula. It's not a ticket to utopia. It's not denial. A whole lot of crazy ideas that people sometimes have about faith. And that's why that book by Pastor Hagin, Another Look at Faith, I mean, the book will bless you real good. Well, this um, afternoon, we're going to look at what faith is at this first session. Then the other session, last session, we'll look at how faith comes. So what we're going to look at now is what faith is. Golden text, we may want to refer to on that. Your guess is as good as mine. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Maybe we want to turn there and just read it together. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Let's all open to it. I want all of us to read it together regardless of your translation. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. It says, when you, I see here a few pages flipping, so I'll wait just a bit. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. We're looking at what faith is. All right, let's read it together. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. That's how the King James Version puts it. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The New International Version renders it a little different. Faith is being sure of what we hope for, being certain of what we do not see. Now, some other translations render it even more differently. Mofat, being confident of what we hope for, convinced of what we do not see. Amen. And maybe we have some, if you have some other translation. Okay, sir. What translation, sir? New Living Translation. Amen. New Living Translation. What is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Any other translation? Okay, sir. Weymouth. Now faith is a well-grounded assurance. Of that for which we hope. And a conviction of the reality of things which we do not see. Some other translation. New International Version. I think I quoted that. Being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. Amplify. Okay, what translation is that? Darby. Wonderful. Now, faith is the substantiating of things hoped for. Conviction of things not seen. Some other translation. Somebody has an amplified. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for. Being the proof of things we do not see. And the conviction of their reality. 
that which is not revealed to the senses. Amen. I like that part. Faith perceiving as real fact that which is not revealed to the senses. Any other translation? We will take just two more. Actually, some folks who have their um, laptops here may have up to 20, 30 translations. Amen. But let's just take two more. Two more translations. New English Bible says, what is faith? Faith is giving substance to the things that we hope for. It's being certain of the things that we do not see. I like that. Any other translation? Message. Even though that's a paraphrase, go ahead. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is a firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. What, say that last part. It's our handle on what we can't see. Amen. That's a good paraphrase too. Praise God. That's a message. Message. Now, don't forget message is a paraphrase. Message is a paraphrase. Praise God. Now, there are certain words we noticed where they kept reoccurring. One was being certain. Another was being sure. Another was title deed. You may want to write down these words. Title deed. Another was um, convinced. Okay, we'll come to that now in a bit. Convinced. Another is confid assurance. Confident. Assurance. Confirmation. Certain, sure, title deed, convinced, confident, assurance, evidence, substance, proof. Amen. And a whole host of others. Those words kept re- reoccurring in different translations. Now, in the, in the Greek, the word faith is the word Pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, pistis, that's a noun, faith. Somebody says, what's the difference between faith and believing? Believe and faith. Well, we'll try to say something about that, but actually they're from the same root word. Only that one is a noun, the other is a verb. Pistis is the noun form, faith or belief. Faith or belief. That's a noun form. And what does it mean? If you check your Strong's, Vines, it'll tell you it's a conviction based on hearing. A persuasion. Conviction based on hearing. A persuasion. Being confident of something. Being convinced of something. Those are all shades of meanings of this word, pistis. The verb form is pistil. This is the noun. This is the verb. And it means that's believe. Believe. That's the verb form, pistil. And it means. P I S T E U O. P I S T E U O. That's the verb form, pistil. And it just simply means being confident of something. Being confident of something. To put trust. To trust. To be convinced of something. One translation says that faith is the warranty deed. That the thing we are fondly hoped for is at last ours. Another one, the New English Bible says, faith is giving substance to the things that we hope for. Amen. You hope for physical strength to do the work that you know you must do. Faith says, the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You hope for finances to meet a financial obligation. Faith gives you the assurance you'll have the money when you need it. You see, real faith in God says the same thing that the word of God says. Faith in God is faith in his word. You don't love God any more than you love his word. You don't have any more confidence in God than you do in his word. Because God is one with his word. Amen. 
He's one with his word. And um, one thing, you could just say it's a firm persuasion. It's a solid conviction based on God's word. That's faith. Simply put, we'll examine it a little more. But now, there's one saying that's often said, that one of the best ways to know what something is, is to know what it is not. So we want to approach that as we study what faith is. We want to look at a few things that faith is not. Now, I want to talk about three major ones. Could give a host of others, but three main ones I want to touch. First, faith is not hope. Write it down. Faith is not hope. Faith is not hope. Notice that Hebrews 11.1 says that now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. As though there are two sides to it. Faith, now. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You see, hope in itself has no substance. It's your faith that will give substance to your hope. 1 Corinthians 13.13 says, Now abides faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. You know one mistake we make many times is that we try to substitute one for the other. Sometimes we faith folks, we want to substitute faith for love. It won't work. Amen. The most potent characteristic of God is love. That's what he is. Praise God. I endeavor to be strong on faith, but I'm stronger on love. But you see, when it comes to receiving from God, many times we substitute hope for faith. We try to receive from God by hoping. And it's not going to work. And you know, one thing too is that, don't get me wrong, I'm not putting down hope. You can't have faith for something if you don't have hope for it. Sometimes faith folks too are trying to believe God for things they are not hoping for. And then it certainly won't work. Mark eleven twenty four says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. I met folks sick, bedfast, they've lost hope. The first place to walk on is not getting them in faith. It's not going to work. It's to first get them to have a supernatural hope that, yes, things can be better. Yes, you can be healed. Until they have that as a desire, until there's a hope, then there's no goal that faith will be able to give substance to. You understand? But you see, also, many times people substitute hope for faith. They say, I'm just praying and hoping that God will answer me. If that's all you're doing, you're wasting your time. And you know, people say it all the time. I pray and hope it works out. I just hope I'll get that deal. I just pray and hope God will do something. I just pray and hope she gets healed. I just pray and hope I get the money. I just pray and hope. No, that's not what to do. Matthew 21, 22 says, And all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, not hoping, ye shall receive. So hope has no substance. Hope is like a goal. Hope is like the desire. Hope is like the object you want to get, the thing you want to achieve. Amen. You must have that. You must have that. But now, don't stop at merely hoping. Another thing about hope, you see, 1 John 3, 3 talks about he that has this hope in him purifies himself even as his pure. There's the blessed hope of Jesus' soon return. It's a purifying hope. But you notice, it's a hope. All we know is it's coming soon. How soon is soon? Well, he told us 2,000 years ago it's coming soon. It's still soon. How soon is it soon? As soon as soon is soon. It's still soon. We don't know for sure the exact time. Now, we know some things. It said, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached as a witness to all nations, then shall the end come. So we know that. But you see, it's a hope. It's in the future. It's something we are looking forward to. We can't believe that, yes, I believe God. Jesus is coming now. No, it's a hope. Points to the future. Amen. When it comes to receiving from God, you don't receive from God by hoping. You don't receive from God by hoping. Hope is a very good waiter, but a very poor receiver. The hand that takes from God is the hand of faith. It's by faith that we receive from God. You know, sometimes too, you may not use the word hope, but you're hoping. I'll give you an example. Like I said, hope always points to the future, whereas faith takes the answer now. Faith takes the answer now. Faith believes it in the now. And I'll tell you this, if it's not now, then it's not faith. If it's not now, then it's not faith. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm always careful about what I say, how I say what I say. I'm always careful. You know, 
Sometimes, like Brother Higgin used to say, beware of the half-truth. You may have gotten hold of the false half. And then folks can sometimes just, you know, hear just enough of what you say to be devilish, to misunderstand what you're saying. I'm not saying that if you're in faith, you're going to get the answer now. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you believe it in the now. Faith says, I believe I am healed. Amen. I believe, notice that's in the now. I believe that the need is met. I believe that I'm healed. Now, let me tell you something. Look, some of these things are so crucial that they could be a matter of life and death. I've seen people die believing God is going to heal them. That's no more believing than I'm a monkey's uncle. Of course, you know Charles Darwin was wrong. <laughs> I don't have any uncle for a nephew. Amen. Amen. But that's not true. That's not faith. Believing that God will do it is not faith. Except the thing is something that will happen in the future. Like for instance, maybe you're going to have a healing service uh, in your church or there's going to be a healing meeting tomorrow in your church. And you say, I believe that as I go out to have hands laid on me, I will be healed. Yes, that's faith. Because you've pinned it down to a point in time. Like the woman with the issue of blood, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Amen. That's what she said, Mark 5.28. And Jesus said, Mark 5.34, daughter, your faith has made you whole. So Jesus called that faith. But to say I believe that God will heal me, it's not faith. You know why? Because it's pointing indefinitely to the future. And if you believe that God will heal you, that assumes two things, that God has not healed you. And if you believe that God has not healed you, that says something else. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin shall live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. God says, you were. And if, you, if we were, then I was. And if I was, then I am. So if I say I believe that God will heal me, means I believe I'm sick. And it means I believe that God lied when he said I was healed. Do you see that now? So faith takes the answer now. Faith takes the answer now. Faith believes it in the now. Hope points indefinitely to the future. Amen. And it's not only by saying, I hope, that you're hoping. Sometimes you say, I believe that God will do it. You know, I can go to, I can put any kind of label I want on an empty can. This is an empty Coke bottle. It still has the Coke label, but is there any Coke inside? So if I say this is a bottle full of Coke, who am I deceiving? Myself. Amen. And probably some people who are unlearned. You get the point. So saying, I believe God will do it, is not faith. Except it is something that will happen in the future. Amen. Pointing indefinitely to the future is hope. And it's not by hope that we receive. Look, I want us to get some of these things. You know, sometimes, eh, sometimes you can assume you know something and you may not know it. Sometimes you may even know some things, but you may need to know it better. Sometimes you may even know it very, very well, but it won't hurt to keep knowing it. Because faith does not come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And after hearing, you keep hearing. That's how it comes. That's how it comes. So faith is not hope. Hope points indefinitely to the future, whereas faith takes the answer now. Another thing that faith is not, I said number one, faith is not hope. Number two, you may want to write this down. Real faith, real faith, comma, Bible faith, comma, the God kind of faith. All expressions for the same thing. Real faith, Bible faith, the God kind of faith. is not the same as natural human faith. Real faith, Bible faith, the God kind of faith, is not the same as natural human faith. Real faith, Bible faith, the God kind of faith, is not the same as natural human faith. Notice that Hebrews 11:1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. Now, two kinds of knowledge. There are two kinds of knowledge or two kinds of truth. There's what some people call sense knowledge or natural human truth. 
And then there's Bible knowledge. Or you want, we want to call it revelation knowledge. Revelation based on God's word. I'll tell you this. I go by my physical senses as much as I should. Give you an example. I drove here this morning. As I was driving, there was a time I saw a car coming. I waited because a car was coming. I didn't say I walked by faith and not by sight. When I'm about to cross the road and a car is coming, a car is really coming. And I ought to wait. Otherwise, it won't be long before they'll go. To, we'll, we'll all gather to do that person's funeral, isn't it? Amen. So I go as much by my physical senses as I should. But when what my physical senses tell me contradicts what the word of God tells me, then I put God's word first. You understand that? If I'm about to eat food, I bring it close to my nose. It smells rancid. I have enough sense to know I shouldn't eat it. God gave me physical senses, gave us physical senses to help us in this physical world. However, the problem is that we now try to live solely by our physical senses. We now try to put that first. When God made man in the beginning, man's spirit was the dominant force in his life. His spirit ruled him. His spirit dominated him. But after the fall, he lost the dom dominion over all the works of God's hands. And also the dominion over his mind and his body, he lost it as well. And then he became separated from God. And so his only means of survival was his physical senses. He had to trust his senses to tell him when there was a dangerous animal coming. He had to trust his senses to tell him, oh, is this guy lying? Is he trying to cheat me out of this deal? He now had to depend on his senses. And then because God was separated from man, after a while, the knowledge of God was lost to man. So man required nothing other than a revelation. Because he no longer knew God. So for him to know, for man to know God, God will have to reveal himself to man. And that's a revelation. That's what revelation knowledge is. Amen. You see, natural human faith is based on natural human knowledge. It's based on sense knowledge. It's based on natural human truth. But Bible faith is based on the word of God. Can you imagine if I'm trying to smell with my ears? Will it work? God, he didn't give me my ears to smell with. He gave me my ears to listen with. God, he didn't give me my eyes to feel with. He gave me my eyes to see with. Same thing when I'm trying to believe God's word with my head. If I'm trying to believe God's word with my senses, God did not give me my physical senses so I could believe him with. He gave me my spirit to do that. You understand? So real faith, Bible faith, is not the same as natural human faith. Natural human faith is based on physical evidence. It's, it's on the testimony of the physical senses. In, um, in medical sciences, talk about the special senses. Smelling, feeling, tasting, seeing, and all. Amen. Thank God for the five physical senses. But you see, we don't put that above God's word. I know you may feel the pain in your body. The symptoms may be on your body. And the doctor may have even given you a report. You've got this. That's a natural human fact. Now, while I'm at this, let me just chip this in. Faith is not denial. Faith is not denial. Faith is not denial. This is not one of the major things I'm talking about, but I just thought to mention this. Jesus did not say in Mark eleven twenty three that whosoever shall say there is no mountain. If there's a mountain, there's a mountain. He said whosoever shall say unto this mountain. You can't really move the mountain on you. You first realize there is a mountain. And sometimes you may not need to know what this mountain really is. You may need to know exactly what your faith is up against. Faith is not denial. Faith is not denying what your senses tell you. That's not what faith does. That's not what faith does. Faith is not denial. Faith is not denial. Don't forget that. I'll explain that a little bit on this point that I'm making. Faith does not deny the facts. What faith does is that it arms itself with the greater facts of God's word. And it believes the word of God in spite of the physical evidence. It believes the word of God independent of the senses, of the testimony of the senses. For instance, you go to a doctor. doctor says you've got cancer. That in two weeks, you'll be dead. Now, that's a natural fact. 
everything being equal, two weeks, that fellow will be dead. You now ask yourself, what does the word of God say about it? And incidentally, God's got a whole lot to say about that. Matthew 17 says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, by whose stripes ye were healed. Psalm 107, verse 20, he sent his word and healed them. Proverbs 4, 22, 20, 22, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for their life unto those that find them, and health, medicine to all their flesh. What do you do? You gather scriptures about healing. What does the word say about this situation? And now you now choose to believe what the word of God says in spite of the evidences that are contrary. You understand that? In spite of them. You don't deny the contrary evidence. However, what do you do with them? You refuse to consider them. You refuse to consider them. Like Abraham, the Bible says he considered not his own body, now dead, Romans 4.19. You just don't consider them. What you, you're not to deny them. Don't deny them. Imagine a sinner. He tells you he's making a confession. So what's his confession? He says, I'm not a sinner, I'm not a sinner, I'm not a sinner. Then I tell him, I've got an answer for you. You'll go to hell, you'll go to hell, you'll go to hell. A sinner confessing is not a sinner, won't get him saved. In fact, it'll get him faster to hell. What is he to confess? He's to confess the lordship of Jesus. He must first realize he's a sinner who needs a savior. And realize there's a solution that God has already made available. So he's to speak what the word of God says and believe what the word of God says concerning his situation. Amen. And then as he believes in his heart that God raised us from the dead, confesses with his mouth that Jesus is his Lord, then he gets born again. Notice, uh, is it early enough to to start kicking over sacred cows? I think it is. God never told a sinner to confess his sins to get saved. If that upended your theology, it needs to. Amen. The only one sin the sinner is guilty of in the sight of God is sin of not accepting Jesus. Told somebody one time, I said, I'll give you a thousand dollars. Show me anywhere God told the sinner to confess his sins to get saved. I'm throwing the same challenge to you. There's no such place. Not in the Bible. Not in the New Testament. Amen. So you see, is to believe what God's word says. You're sick in your body. What do you do? What does the word of God say? It says, I am healed. Now, I choose to believe I am healed. I refuse to consider the symptoms in my body. I refuse to look at. Because 2 Corinthians 4, 18 says, While we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal. But the things that are not seen are eternal. Now, let me tell you, I'm not merely telling you what I read in a book. I'm not telling you what I read in a book. I'm not merely telling you what I had somebody else say. I'm telling you what I've seen in the word of God for myself. I'm telling you how I live. Look, I used to be very sick. So sick, sick people called me sick. I mean, I was sick. I was very sick. What did I do? I dug into God's word. I found out what the word of God has to say about it. And guess what? The last headache I had was in August of 1986. Not against doctors, not against drugs. If I need medical help, I'll get it. Just haven't needed it in so many years. Amen. And my home is like that. So it's not a, it's not a fluke. It's not, I didn't just stumble on it. My daughter was two about a week ago. She's never needed anything. You know, it's likely I just may know something about it. Don't you think so? It's likely that I'm not perpetrating it in another generation. My wife, the same thing. I just might know something about it. And thank God, I think I do. Amen. So you see, and it's not like I was naturally like that. I was naturally the other way. I've had horrible challenges. I've had horrible tests. But what do I do? I ask myself, what does the word say about it? What does the word say about it? I've learned to put God's word above every other thing. What does God's word say about it? Your face is a financial need. What does the word say about it? It says, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Our father's name is El Shaddai, not El Chipo. Amen. It said, the cattle on a thousand hills belong to him. The gold and the silver belong to him. You know, God will not be embarrassed if you had a hundred billion dollars. He won't be nervous. He won't be nervous. Now, he doesn't want us to be money-minded. 
He doesn't want us to be materialistic. He doesn't want us to be, to be covetous. But he wants us to have money. He doesn't want money to have us. But he wants us to have money. Don't you think with more money we can do a whole lot more for the kingdom? Amen. It's not about having money or not having money. It's about money not having you. Praise God. There are territories to be taken for God. There are laws to be taken. You know, the Bible says that through faith they subdued kingdoms. They wrought righteousness. They quenched the violence of fire. They stopped the mouths of lions. There is a whole lot to be done through faith. So many exploits we can yet do for God. Amen. So you see, Bible faith, real faith, is not the same as natural human faith. Natural human faith is based on the testimony of the physical senses. Bible faith is based on the word of God. It's based on the word of God. John 17, excuse me, John 17, 17. Jesus said, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. God's word is truth. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. As he said a thing and shall he not do it? As he spoken a thing and shall he not make it good? God said, heaven and earth shall pass away. He said, but not my word. Matthew 24, 35. He said in Jeremiah 1:12, I watch over my word to perform it. Where God's word, let me tell you something, integrity is an issue with God. A man is as good as his word is good. If your word is no good, you are no good. God is as good as his word is good. If his word is no good, he's no good. He called a man, Abraham, called a covenant with him. The Bible says in Hebrews 6, 18, season, there was none greater to swear by. He swore by himself, saying, surely in blessing I will bless you. So he had the promise, he also had the oath. You understand? So, we believe God's word in spite of the physical evidence. In John 20, 24 to 29. John 20, 24 to 29. The story is there. Because of our time, we'll not be able to read it. It's about Thomas. The other disciples told him, and said, we've seen the Lord. He said, ah, may I not be mumu like you people know. Now, this is my paraphrase. Amen. Like message translation. This is my own paraphrase. Amen. <laughs> Me, I know be mumu. <laughs> you people, if you be stupid, I know stupid. Except me, I see with this my two koro koro naked eye. And I put my finger for that in hand. Maybe this is wafi version. And I trust the thing for inside. Me, I know go believe I'm I know stupid. That's the essence of what he said. Now Jesus suddenly shows up one day while he's there. And he said, Thomas. Because you see, by that time, he had assumed he's now fully God. He, he, he was always fully God. But you know, when he came as a man, he wasn't omniscient, he wasn't omnipresent, he wasn't omnipotent. He laid aside his mighty power and glory. Came as a man. Amen. But now, this is now God speaking because he knew what Thomas had said. He said, Thomas, Thomas, reach either thy finger, thrust it into my hand. Take your hand, put it into my side. And, you know, be not faithless, but believing. Thomas now said, my Lord and my God. What did Jesus tell him? He said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those that have not seen, but yet have believed. Now, a simple question. Was Thomas blessed? No. He no. wasn't. At least that blessing Jesus was talking about, he didn't have it. He believed because he could see. That's not real faith. In the world, they tell you experience is the best teacher. Now, that's not necessarily true. The evil thing about that is that you learn the... You, you, you get the bad, less, the bad experience first, then you may learn the lesson after. I'd rather learn the lesson, so I don't need to go through the bad experience. They tell you that seeing is believing. Sense knowledge men, that's their slogan. Seeing is believing, seeing is believing. But the Bible talks differently. In John eleven forty, Jesus said, Said I not unto you that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. In short, what he actually said, because... He was saying, did I not say unto you? And that's past tense. So what he actually said was that if you will believe, you shall see. So in the Bible, believing is seen. Believing is seen. Believing is seen. And let me tell you something. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The very fact that you believe means you don't see. So if you tell me that seeing is believing, if I can see that, I don't need to believe. Because faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith deals with the unseen. 
with the unfelt. And now let me tell you, when God talks about seeing in the Bible, he's not just talking about this scene. Because what did Jesus tell Thomas? He said, feel my hand. And he classed it all on that scene. Really, when the Bible says walk by faith and not by sight, it's really saying we walk by faith and not by our physical senses. Not by our physical senses. Amen. Another man by the name Abraham. An example of real faith. In Romans 4, 17 through to 21, says, as it is written, I've made thee a father of many nations, before him whom we believed, even God who quickened the dead, and called those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And be not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that that which he had promised he was able also to perform. Now, God shows up to this man, Abraham. Here he is, has no child of his wife. Barren. The wife, barren. He is now old. That's another complication. So, he, no, he doesn't, he got no heat. Remember David? At his old age, they got him a new wife. The Bible said, he touched her not. He, had, he got no heat. That's how the Bible put it. Well, Abraham got no heat anymore. He was old. Amen. Before he was old and he still got heat, the lady couldn't conceive. Amen. Now he's old. She, and got no heat also as a result. She is now, she's old too. She got no heat. And another thing again is that other than her being old, Sarah being old now, Sarah also was barren. And then a third thing, that means that when she was still peperempe, when she was still sweet 16, when she was still hot, maybe her tubes were blocked. Maybe her womb had a fault. Maybe um, her cervix, you know, whatever. Whatever. There was some reason why she could not cause. Maybe she had no womb. Amen. Whatever. It could be anything. But there was something. So she was old. Sarah was old. When Sarah was young, she couldn't conceive. So that's a second problem. There was a barrenness problem. Third, Sarah had passed menopause. She had passed menopause. The men had paused. The man was meant to pause where this woman was concerned. Menopause had reached. So, triple tragedy. God now shows up and said, I have made you a father of many nations. Notice that God did not say, I will make you. He said, I have made you. Because hope points to the future. Faith takes the answer now. Abraham believed, I am the father of many nations. That's what he believed. Because that's faith. That's what he believed. His physical senses say, said that, Nehi. To fear, can't happen. Mba. You know, whatever. Oti, ra-ra, everything. You know, told him all of it in whatever language. Cha-cha. Can't happen. It's not possible. But the man was foolish enough just to take God at his word. God, you said so, I believe it. My physical senses say it's not so, but you say so, it is so. Titus 1-2 says that God cannot lie. God cannot lie. Let me tell you something. Anything that is physical is subject to change. The spirit realm is the parent realm. A spirit called God created all matter. So matter must be subject to that spirit. Isn't it? Amen. And if God that cannot lie says it is white, if you see that it is black, you better believe it is white. Amen. To the man who is blind... The sense of vision does not exist, isn't it? But does that mean it doesn't exist? Eh, does it mean that because I can't see it, it's not so? Maybe I'm just blind to that realm. Amen. Amen. So, number one, real faith. Faith is not hope. Number two, Bible faith is not the same as natural human faith. Natural human faith believes what it can see, what it can feel, what the physical senses can perceive. Real faith believes what the word of God says. I'll tell you something. You see, eh, we are to believe God's word in spite of evidences to the contrary. We are also to believe God's word in spite of evidences that affirm it. I'll give you an example. A fellow is believing God for healing. He goes to the hospital. The doctor tells him, wow, wow, there's been an improvement. There's been an improvement. 
subtly, his faith now shifts from the naked word of God to a good report he has heard from the doctor. And then he goes again. The doctor says, wow, wow. Then he believes, I'm getting better. But if he's not careful, the reason he believes that is not because the word says it, because the doctors have given him a good report. And then what happens after? He now goes again. The doctor now says something real negative. His faith now collapses. Because he has shifted it from God's word to the good report. Good report or bad report, believe what God's word says. Amen. You have to believe you are healed, whether you feel sick or whether you feel well. And the interesting thing is that God's word reads just the same in the good times as it does in the bad times. Amen. The third thing, faith is not. And my time will soon be up for this class. A third thing, faith is not. I haven't said what faith is, but I'll soon say that. A third thing, faith is not, is that it's not mental ascent. Faith is not mental ascent. John Wesley made a statement. He said, the devil has given to the church a substitute for faith. It looks so much like faith. It sounds so much like faith that few people can tell the difference. No one John Wesley called that substitute. He called it mental agreement. A man by the name E.W. Kenyon, he called it mental ascent. In the mental ascent, A-S-S-E-N-T, or mental agreement, A-G-R-E-E-M-E-N-T, agreement, agreement. You give me this money, I give you that service. You know, agreement, mental agreement, or mental ascent. Let me tell you, in the church world, a great body of believers are working in mental agreement where God's provisions, where God's promises are concerned, and they don't even know it. The mental assenter admires the Bible. He will tell you that he believes the word of God. He believes it from generation to revolution. Genesis revelation. He believes all of it. You wanna, he will tell you he believes the virgin birth. He will get, he will get um, you know, so enthusiastic, earnest about it, who fold up his sleeves, almost engaging in a feast fight over it. Ask him a simple question. Are you healed? Are you prosperous? Are you victorious? He will say, yes, I know it is in the Bible. I know God has provided healing for us, but you see, I'm sick. Shut up. You don't believe it. You don't believe it. You only are mentally agreeing with your mind. Faith is not of the mind. Faith is of the heart. It's of the spirit. The mental assenter never appropriates the word of God for himself. And he always refuses to act on it. Don't forget that. Say, yes, I know prosperity is in the Bible, but I, I didn't say a but. And you say, well, I don't have the money, but you have to believe that you are rich, even though you don't look like it. You have to believe that you are victorious, even though your experience seems to negate it. You have to believe it all the same. It doesn't have anything to do with you not believing it. The mental assenter does not appropriate it in his own life. He doesn't accept it in his own heart. He only agrees with it in his mind. He does not act on it. And because he does not act on God's word, the word of God does not become a reality in his life. He may admire it. He may adore it. It's like the Agberu. Worry, 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 worry. The fellow who's shouting, who's so enthusiastic about the worry, you'll almost think he's the driver. The funny thing, the boss is going and he's calling another worry, worry for another boss. He's not going. That's like mental ascent. He's enthusiastic about it, earnest about it, but he doesn't get into the car for himself. He doesn't act on, his wor- on the word of God in his own life. And so the word of God does not become a reality in his case. So having said that much, I think I don't need to say too much about what faith is. Faith is acting on the word of God. That's what it is. Acting on the word of God. Acting like the Bible is true. That's what faith is. Acting on God's word. Faith is acting on God's word. Faith is acting like the Bible is true. Don't forget this. If you really believe, you will act. If you really believe, you will act. There's a man by the name Smith Wigglesworth. The man... Sometimes in preaching, he'll come to one side of the hall and he'll do just what I'm going to do now. Faith is an act. And then he'll run to the other side. Faith is a act. He wasn't too educated, so he was unschooled. So he didn't pronounce it quite right. Faith is a act. He'll run to the other side. Faith is a act. 
Keep doing that sometimes 10, 15 minutes. What is he saying? Faith is an act. Faith is an act. Raymond T. Ritchie, famous healing evangelist. Someone asked him one day, he said, what is faith? He said, he's just acting like the Bible is true. Because it is. Acting on God's word. Just acting on God's word. Acting on God's word. While I'm here, I'll say a few things. Look, don't act on somebody else's testimony. Hebrews 11.29, by faith the children of Israel, they passed through the red sea of a dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. That man acted Israel. They had a revelation from God. God said to Moses, don't cry to me. Divide the thing. Walk over it. So he struck this road. He divided it. He acted on that word. The Egyptians saw somebody else getting a result because he took an action. So they tried to imitate that man's action. Notice the Bible talks about us following people's faith, not just their action. Get the revelation of God's word in your hearts. It's not about acting. Some people's faith is not in God's word. Their faith is in an action. Their faith is in an action. Yes, faith is acting, but faith is acting on God's word. And you have to get the revelation of that word in your spirit. You have to get the revelation of that word in your spirit. Faith is acting on the word of God. Either the written word, and primarily it's the written word, or a word that God may speak to you in your spirit. See, believing is an act of the will. Believing is an act of the will. Your will has something to do with it. But faith is not sheer willpower. Faith is not sheer willpower. The will to win actually is spiritual. Because it's God who walks in us both to will, Philippians 2.13, and to do of his good pleasure. So get the revelation of the word of God in your spirit. I mean, people make silly mistakes where this is concerned. Faith is not throwing your drugs away. Throwing your drugs away doesn't mean you're in faith and doesn't mean you're not in faith. Taking your drugs doesn't mean you're in faith. It doesn't mean you're out of faith. Sometimes the drugs could keep you alive until the word of God can get you healed. You understand? Breaking your glasses doesn't show you're in faith. It may only show you're foolish. Amen. You understand that? Don't just act... Like I said, it's not mental. It's not mental. It's not mental. It's not here. Don't reason it out. Don't say, well, if I believe now. It's not like um, 101. Um, you have lingo for this, do this. You have lingo, and you just go to one mental thing. And, no. It's first you build that word into your spirit. When God's word gets into your heart, from a persuasion you have inside, you act. Not out of your head. And you act. If you really believe, you will act. And there is always a way to act. Primary way we act on God's word really is by saying it. But also, faith confession plus wrong action equals faith failure. If all you've got is a talk and your actions don't correspond with your talk, then it's not going to produce any results. But you see, if you really believe, you'll act. After James just finished talking about corresponding action, James 2, 14 through to the end. What did he start talking about in the next chapter? James 3.1. He started talking about words. Because the primary way we act on our faith is by saying it. Colossians 3.17 says whatever you do, in word or in deed, the primary way you do is with words. Speaking is an action. You understand that? So what is faith? It's acting on God's word. It's acting like the Bible is true. That's what faith is. Acting on the word of God. Firm persuasion, conviction, com based on hearing, confidence, trust in the word of God. And if you really believe, you will act. 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 As I begin to close now, so we can have some break. Brother Hagin, good story. Said when he was on that deathbed. After 16 long months of trying to understand what Mark 11.24 is talking about and get into Mark 11.24, he said, he told the Lord, August the 8th, that morning, 1934, open to Mark 11.24, just read it. He said, you said, what things ever you desire? I desire well body. He said, when you pray? He said, I prayed. You said, believe. He said, if you were to stand in the flesh, like I see my mother, and she were to tell, you were to tell me that my problem is that I don't believe, I'll have to tell you you lied about it because I do believe. Now, he wasn't being arrogant. He was just being sincere. 
from his heart, the way he felt about it, humbly. Then on the inside of him, he said he heard these words. You believe all right as far as you know, but that last clause goes with that verse, and ye shall have them. Believe that he received them, and ye shall have them. Then he saw it. He is to believe that he receives when he doesn't yet have it, and then he will get it. He is to believe he is healed when he's still on that deathbed and he hasn't taken a step. Amen. He saw it. He saw it. Then he said, I see it, I see it, I see it. While I'm still lying on this bed and I haven't moved a peg and I'm not any better, my heart is still beating irrationally, I'm to believe I'm well. I see it. Then he began to say, I believe that I receive healing for the heart condition. I believe that I receive healing for the blood disease. I believe that I receive healing for the paralysis. I believe that I receive healing from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And then he said, from the inside of him, he had never seen anybody do it before. Lift up their hands and thank God. Said, while he was lying down, he had limited use of his hands by this time, he had an urge just to lift his hands and thank God that he's healed. So he lifted his hands and began to say, oh God, I just want to thank you because I'm well. I just want to praise you because I'm well. Notice, he's still lying on the bed. He's still lying on the bed. He said, then a thought came to him. <laughs> Don't you know that all liars will have their part and leg their bones of fire and brimstone? You know the devil quoting scripture, bless I won't say bless his heart. His heart can't be blessed. He said, the thought said, I know that's the devil. Feel your heart. Feel your heart. He said his hand reached to feel his heart. Then he stopped himself. He said, I didn't say I'm healed because I feel like it. I'm healed because I believe that I receive. Jesus said, and ye shall have. There's some time I was standing in faith about something. And the devil told me, he said, you don't have it. I said, you're right. I don't have it. I believe I receive it and I'll have it. I don't yet have it. You're right. But I believe I receive it. <laughs> and he took off and ran. Amen. I don't have it manifested yet. Sure, that's obvious. But I believe that I receive it. And he said, if I believe that I receive it, he said, I will have it. Amen. Notice he hadn't yet done any other thing. Then after doing that a while, from the inside of him, he heard these words. Now you believe that you are well. Question. Question. Had he taken further action? No, he was still lying on the bed. In actual fact, he told God, he said, if 50 years from now I'm still on this bed, I'll still believe I'm healed. Then, Lord said, get up then. Well, people don't stay in bed at this time of the day. Now, let me tell you something. Can you imagine if he tried to get up before he got that revelation? What would have happened? He would have died. He, he got up because he believed. He got up as an action to his faith, based on a persuasion in his heart. Amen. And I think, let's go for a break. I, I know you feel like... We for more information and inquiries, please visit our website, www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.